Welcome back to the third episode of Will's Wide World of Sports. Today is all about March Madness. It is March. It's my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite sporting event of the year. So I went over all the top players you should be watching in the tournament and then brought my brother Chris back and we had a little March Madness themed draft for you. So stick around for that. But first, I want to go over all the the top players you need to know in this tournament. So I will see you on the other side. Welcome back into the podcast. I, I wanted to start today's podcast talking about college basketball and talking about March Madness. I think it's my favorite time of the year. It's probably my most favorite sporting event, even more than the NBA playoffs, the Super Bowl, just because of the excitement it brings. But I'm starting to realize that's the tournament, but not ex- not actually college basketball itself. And I think we're at a concerning point in college basketball history where, I mean, who knows what it's going to look like in 10 years. I think if you watch college basketball for the NBA talent, I think the the growth of the game internationally and the, the invent of the G League Ignite team and what sounds like a very potential op- opportunity to bring back high school players into the draft and have them skip skip college, I don't know what that's going to mean for college basketball. And I'll be honest, I haven't really been locked in this season. You know, I wasn't I wasn't tuning in on a weekday night focusing on Oregon versus Arizona State. I wasn't knee-deep in all the Big 12 action. And I think a lot of that has to do with the state of that college basketball is in right now. So that that's a conversation for another time. I think it would be a good debate to see what college basketball needs to do and honestly what college sports need to do in general. But I wanted to spend this time talking about March Madness because I still think it's one of the best times of the year for sports. I'm not going to give you bracket advice. I think there are plenty of people to do that. And I think even the ones that do do that, honestly, just even if you knew nothing, like everybody always says, you'd probably have just as good of a shot. But what I did want to focus on was a few players that, that I thought were worth worth mentioning, whether that's from an NBA perspective, those that are going to be in the draft this upcoming year, or just those that are big college basketball players that, if you haven't been following, are worth worth tuning in for. So we'll we'll start in the top left of the bracket and kind of work our way around. I think the South region, they have, for multiple different reasons, I guess, the the number one player that everybody's talking about, and that's, of course, Brandon Miller of Alabama. If you haven't heard everything that's gone on, I don't want to get into it, and I'm not going to get into it. You can you can dive deep into the, the allegations, the investigations that are going on, but I think all I will say is, when when that actually happened the fact that the fact that Brandon Miller even played in the game right after the news broke I think was concerning the fact that he's still playing again is up for debate I I know he's he's technically not a suspect he's been cooperating but it's it's just a messy situation so I know there's a lot of a lot of cloudness around 
Alabama these days, but they are the number one seed. Uh, and Brandon Miller has been one of the best players in college basketball and honestly one of the best prospects for the NBA this coming year. If you haven't watched him play, I would I would definitely check out some highlights. He He's 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he has the length, but he is smooth. You know, when you watch Paul George, somebody like of that stature, but that has that that shot and the handles, it, it's a very enticing basketball player. And I can see why NBA scouts are really high on him to the point where, yes, there's Victor Wimbanyama. Yes, there's Scoot Henderson. But it's becoming more clear that, again, ignoring all the off-the-court stuff, Brandon Miller might actually be the 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 next best player in this draft. So that could be a reason why Alabama goes goes the distance. But of course, it's March. Anything can happen. Uh, a couple other players in the South I wanted to mention. Keontae George is somebody that has intrigued me. Anytime I've been able to to tune in a Baylor game, I remember a couple of years ago when they had Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler. They were really guard guard centric, and I think Keontae George is the next the next player in that in that line. He's a little bit of a bigger guard, and he he definitely plays bigger than than he is. But he also has a nice shot, and somebody that again, if you are an NBA fan watching March Madness, somebody that uh, is worth watching. Although I know he he did miss, I think a little bit of the the tournament. He's been hurt but somebody that is definitely on a team's radar finishing out the South. I have to talk about the two big guys out of Arizona. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I saw, saw two bigs work like this in today's game. So if you don't know, and if you haven't watched an Arizona game, Umar Balo, this big center, and then you have Azulas Tubelis, who's the more... I don't want to say super athletic, but just more skilled. Can can face up a little bit. Can can post up a little bit. Big guy. Both around seven feet tall. And they have this like high-low game. Which again, I can't remember the last time I saw teams actually have this quality of big guys that that were able to work well together. And the few times I have seen it, it's actually been in the Pac-12. Of course, we had the Mobley brothers at USC. And now we have this this dynamic duo of Arizona. So, I again, I, I'm not making predictions here. I'm not giving you recommendations. But the, the size of Arizona, I think, is intriguing. I don't know if either of them will be top NBA prospects, but they definitely, it's a nice change of pace, especially in today's game of basketball. Uh, moving down to the east, of course, I have to mention Zach Eady, the big seven foot four center out of Purdue. He, I remember watching him last year in the tournament. Purdue was all about Jaden Ivy, and right, rightfully so. And even Zach Eady, I think, was only playing twenty minutes a game, sort of platooning with the other the other big guys that they had. But now he's finally getting his chance to shine, and honestly, he's. He's done a lot better than I thought he would have ever done. He's in the running for college player of the year. And again, I've been impressed any time I've watched him. 
Yes, yes, he's seven foot four. Yes, he's going to get his easy buckets that way, but he's surprisingly skilled and doesn't get played off the floor as much as I thought he would have. Yes, Purdue can go small at times, and they will, but the way that Edie is able to control a game and stay out there in at this level of competition, despite being seven foot four, he's again what they call a nat- matchup nightmare. Of course, somebody that's seven foot four, it would be hard not to be a nat- matchup nightmare. But because he's able to stay on the court and not just be in there for his size, I think is impressive. Moving down a little bit farther in the east, I'm I'm really interested, and probably my the 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 game I'm most looking forward to seeing in the first round is that 5-12 matchup with Duke and Oral Roberts. So of course we know Duke that there's no more there's no more Coach K, but they have the talent just like they always had. I'm not going to mention Derek Lively, but the other top prospect that they got out of high school this year, Dreek Whitehead, somebody that from all I could tell early on was struggling. He was hurt. Duke was struggling, but I think now we're starting to see why he was one of the best high school players in the country last year. He's somebody that, that has the size. I think he's six, seven, but he can shoot. And I think that's going to be his calling card at least to begin with at the NBA level next year. He's still only playing like 20 minutes a game for Duke. But I think that's, again, some of the reason why suddenly Duke is doing a lot better than they were toward the, the beginning of the season is players like him finally coming into their own and and, and contributing in a big way. So I, I still want to see more out of him in terms of being able to do stuff off the dribble, attack the basket. He doesn't seem to be the the big time athlete, the, the jump out of the gym type scoring and athleticism. But if he can shoot like that at the next level, I think that gives him a nice floor and somebody that it'll be interesting to see come draft season because of how much he struggled in the beginning and how much injuries were a factor. But I mean, this was one of the best players in high school a year ago. So I I don't want to totally count him out. But the other name I wanted to mention for Duke before we get to Oral Roberts, is Kyle Filipkowski. And he's also a freshman. He just got overshadowed, I guess, by Dreek Whitehead and, and Derek Lively. But he's been the most impressive start to finish. And he reminds me a little bit of Tubelis from Arizona, but he is more athletic, can do a little bit more off the dribble, out of the paint. Just, and he's still six, or seven feet tall. So he, he's intriguing to me, and I think why Duke's been at least hanging around. So when they have Filipkowski, Whitehead, and others at Duke, Jeremy Roach, the, the veteran, makes them intriguing. But again, I don't want to get into two specifics of Duke. Uh, the other name I wanted to mention in this matchup, I, I would hope people remember Oral Roberts from the last couple of years in the tournament. And specifically, Max Asmus. He's that, if you remember, that that really short guard, but can score with the best of them. 
I, I mean, honestly, that's that's what's making this matchup so hard to predict because Duke, Blue Blood, Powerhouse, they're coming out at the right time, but yet there's this little six foot six foot guard who can mess everything up. So that that's going to be a really intriguing matchup and a couple players to watch there. Uh, the only the only other player I wanted to mention out of this region, uh, out of Kentucky, Oscar Shibway. If you if you followed college hoops last year, you know that he won Player of the Year. Not not quite the same season this year. I I don't really know what he's going to be like as an NBA player at the next level. But he's a he's a big rebounder, so I think he'll always have that as his calling card. I think he's been slightly disappointing, especially coming off National Player of the Year. I think Kentucky also has been a little bit underwhelming. So what does that mean for the tournament? I don't know, but anytime you have a former National Player of the Year, it's always worth mentioning. Uh, that brings me across the way to the Midwest. I think in terms of... I don't really know how to put it. I, in terms of notable teams or notable players, I think this might be the weakest region. But I, again, that doesn't mean they're. it's the weak region doesn't mean that Houston who's the number one seed isn't a really good team I think they are rightfully so one of the favorites to win the whole thing and specifically because of a couple players Marcus Sasser seems like he's been there forever I think if you you don't know college hoops and you follow the NBA the best way I can describe Houston is is Quentin Grimes so if you don't know Quentin Grimes He's a a wing player and a pretty pivotal piece to the Knicks this year. Grimes is a good shooter, but he's ma- he's mainly just a defensive pest, just a very, I don't want to say try-hard person because that makes it sound like he's not talented. He is. But to me, when I see Quentin Grimes, I think of Houston. I, I think they're they're synonymous at this point. Um, and again, that's I think I see similar things in Marcus Sasser. Uh, the other name to 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 mention uh, is Jerace Walker, who is a freshman and is the more I guess NBA ready player, just because of uh, of his size and his skill set. So I can mention a couple other players at Houston. I think that's why they're they're one of the favorites and why they're one seed. But I think. It's not just a, a small school. I think they're they're a legit title contender for a reason. Uh, a couple other names to mention quickly in this region. Chris Murray out of Iowa. Of course, we saw his brother Keegan Murray last year. And I know there's this big debate of Keegan Murray versus Jaden Ivey. And it became this whole thing of the Kings drafted Murray over Jaden Ivey. Everybody thought that was a bad pick, that Ivy was the sure thing. Murray maybe wasn't as as talented or as flashy as Ivy, but I think after a year, the Kings have made the right pick, and I think Keegan Murray is a legit prospect in the NBA. So now we have his brother, who's still in Iowa. I, he's, he's not to the same level as Keegan Murray, but similar to Keegan Murray, I think he's taken a step up. Um, despite being in college now for a few years. 
So I, I'll be kind of interested in watching him a little bit more. I think, like his brother, I think he plays the bat, he plays the game the right way. And uh, you know, an Iowa Houston second round matchup wouldn't be too bad. Um, but that means Iowa has to get by Auburn in the first round. Similar idea uh, at Indiana. There's Trace Jackson Davis, another upperclassman, another guy that's been there for a while. And as somebody who doesn't watch that much Indiana basketball, it, it does seem like he's been there for a while. I don't know what he'll be like at, at the NBA level. He's not exactly the most athletic player out there, but I think he's a a nice skilled, I don't want to say big guy, but sort of tweener forward who I'd be interested in seeing uh, at the next level. And and then the last player is is Jalen Pickett out of Penn State. And this is somebody, not, o- not only Jalen Pickett, but Penn State as a whole. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. So if you haven't been watching the, the Big Ten tournament, Penn State, not, not the best team, kind of an average team throughout the year. But the last few games, Penn State, and specifically Jalen Pickett has really started to come on. And they're they're a team of of upperclassmen. They're experienced. Yes, they may have not had the greatest of season, but they're somebody that's coming in hot, which of course we always know is is an important thing in March Madness. But Jalen Pickett's a senior who's been there forever. I guess it's not it's not unusual to have upperclassmen kind of run March Madness. This isn't this isn't the NBA draft. We're not looking for the the most potential players. We're looking for players that when push comes to shove, when it matters most, they are going to step up. And again, my bet would be somebody like Jalen Pickett, who's been through it, who's finally coming to his own and is finally getting the recognition as one of the best players in college basketball. So now we'll see if he can follow it up and if Penn State can follow it up with a big uh, March Madness run. That leaves the the West region, the only other region. A couple names I want to mention, starting with the, the number one seed there at Kansas. Two players sort of opposite. You know, we have a freshman in Grady Dick who... I mean, besides having a probably all tournament team name, he's he's an interesting player in terms of an NBA skill, or I guess I want to say NBA prospect. He's he's an all around good player, but I think some people see him as as a safe pick, sort of like maybe a Franz Wagner was a couple years ago. Just that player that. He's not going to wow you when, with any particular thing, but I think he's a good shooter. He has size. He has a little bit more off the dribble than than you're probably thinking. So you have somebody like like him, and then you have yet another upperclassman in Jalen Wilson. And I think when you put the two of them together, plus obviously some of their other players that they have, there's obviously a reason why they're ranked or they're a number one seed. I think Jalen Wilson 
because he's an upperclassman, again, from an NBA perspective, maybe not the biggest name out there, but I think he's in the running for one of the best players in college basketball this year. What that means for the NBA moving forward, again, who knows? I know whether it's right or wrong, there's a big push for younger players. But I think Jalen Wilson can play, and I think he's going to have a really big tournament and show that he can play. Uh, Speaking of players who can play, and speaking of players who have been here forever, like I I cannot remember the last time he was not on the team. Uh, That's the number three seed of this region, Gonzaga. I think Drew Timmy, this might be his seventh year, and I'm probably not exaggerating. It, It sure feels like he's been here for seven years. He's somebody that I would that I really want to see what happens at the next level. Because we've seen we've seen guys like Luca Garza be an amazing college player. And I mean he might still be a good NBA player, but he hasn't really broken out yet. I, I think Timmy is probably twenty years too late when it comes to NBA basketball, but that doesn't mean he's not a great college basketball player. And that doesn't mean he can't make it in the NBA. But he's an old school big. He's a a great inside player. He has great touch. He's a good passer. At least on the college level, he's a a good defender. Got a great mustache to 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 top it off. So this this is his last run. And I think Gonzaga's a little bit slept on this year. So can he pull it off this year? We'll see, but I think for the final time, we will see Drew Timmy in a Gonzaga basketball uniform. Uh, Moving over to the the number four seed, Jordan Hawkins for UConn is somebody I haven't seen that much of, but when you watch the highlights, again, one of those just a great-looking jump shot, super smooth, and somebody that I think will rise as we get closer to the NBA draft. But not to say he's not a good college basketball player too, because I think, again, sometimes it's, are you a good college basketball player or are you an NBA prospect? I think in in Jordan Hawkins' case, it's probably both. And I think he could surprise people and make and help UConn make a big run. But I would be really intrigued if I was, again, in that late lottery kind of, section or even higher when you find somebody that is six five can shoot can not only not only catch and shoot but can create his own shot off the dribble that's the the prototype guard that i think the nba is looking for so i'd be interested in watching him play and that leaves me with my final two players that i want to mention Again, if we're thinking of this as a good college basketball player or NBA prospect, these two are definitely leaning towards NBA prospect, and they have to happen to play for the same team. Uh, And I'm talking about Arkansas. Nick Smith and Anthony Black. If you look at mock drafts and things like that, both of them honestly could go top 10, and yet this Arkansas team's an 8 seed? Now, again, there's been some injuries along the way. If you're a top NBA prospect, that doesn't mean you're a good college basketball player. 
but I do think there's some potential for them to, you know, they could, they could take over for a game or two and surprise people. Although Kansas looming in the second round most likely would make it difficult. But I'm curious to see if they do make it to that Kansas game. I'd be curious to see how they play. Again, Nick Smith is is the, the bigger scorer. He's going to be your... Again, yeah, he's going to be your scorer, where, whereas Anthony Black is going to be sort of the bigger guard, playmaker type. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how they play together. And again, I know we're, we're talking March Madness now, but moving forward to the draft, how those two to end up uh, performing and where they end up in the draft. So those were just a few players that I wanted to mention. I think, again, like I said, there's there's this notion that you're either a good college basketball player or you're an NBA prospect. I think as, as an NBA fan myself, obviously I'm always interested in those NBA prospects, those players that are going to be good at the next level. But that doesn't mean we should ignore the the Drew Timmies, the Trace Jackson Davises, the Oscar Sheebways, Max Acemus. I think those are the types of players that make college basketball. And moving forward, college basketball is going to need those players. Okay, we're, we're already seeing the top players not play college basketball. And again, we, we will get into that debate at a later day. But I think that just gives opportunity for those players that I mentioned. So if you're filling out your bracket now, you can use some of that. Maybe you like watching those top players. But again, those are just a couple of the players that that I think will stand out this tournament and I'm really interested in watching this year. So I, I want to take a quick break. Uh, then my brother Chris is coming back in and we are doing another draft. It is Wednesday, draft day. Uh in honor of March Madness, we got a March Madness themed draft, so stick around for that. All right, we are back. My brother Chris is back with us. Uh, it's it's Wednesday. That means it's draft day. And in honor of March Madness, we're going to do a little mascot draft. We're going to see how this goes. We're going to draft a lineup, a baseball lineup, using the mascots that are in the March Madness field. So there are 68 teams to choose from. Although I know Bulldogs, Wildcats, there's a few teams that have those. So I think there's 52 mascots to choose from. And we're going to go round by round, argue, have to, I guess, say why you think a Wildcat or a Husky would be a good first baseman, center fielder, whatever. So let, we're going to see how this goes. Uh, let's let's see who goes first. Uh, I will pull up a random number generator. Uh, 1 to 100, whoever's closest. You get the option, just like last time. All right, you got a number? I do. All right, 1 to 100. The number is 84. Um, I have 50. I have 67. 67. All right. Uh, you you go first, or I guess if you want the first pick, if not, you can go second and third. I'll go first. Okay. I'll take All that right. first one. I'm, I know I didn't do that last time, but 
switching it up. I'm uh, I'm worried you have you're gonna pick my first pick, but go ahead. Now that is tough because there's a lot of a lot of these mascots I think can play a lot of different positions, but I think arguably the most important spot on a diamond um, is defensively at least is the shortstop. And when I'm looking at these mascots, I'm looking at the animals specifically. I, I think a lot of these animals are gonna be really good. I think combining speed, power, and just overall athleticism, I think there's there's a lot of good options available, but I'm gonna go with a husky. I think they're fast enough. They're they're powerful. Yeah, so I'll go with a husky number one for shortstop. Uh, that was gonna be my pick. That was my number one overall selection. Uh, of course, I'm a little biased since I went to school as a husky, but I think an underrated part of that is it's a dog. I think there's a lot of other cats, but dogs just seem to, you know, dogs will fetch a ball better than cats will. So that's that was my reasoning for putting it short. Oh, time. that's a good one. But that leaves me with the second pick. I think it's only fair. I agree shortstop defensively is the most important position, but you really need a good pitcher as well. And I think it's only fair since you took my alma mater, Husky. I'm going to have to go Sun Devil. I know you're going to Arizona State, but I got to go Sun Devil as my pitcher. We've talked about this before, I know, but the, the, what, the trident that, that the mascot holds. Yeah, you got it on your shirt kind of being able to throw the trident the sun the heat the power of a sun devil the i mean devils are tricksters right to an extent so it's not just like powerful sun that he'd be throwing i could imagine a sun devil having a pretty good mix of off-speed pitches so for that reason i'm going sun devil for my pitcher uh second overall it's a good one probably gonna be my second pick pick uh if you let him get that far so we could have played nice we could have played uh we could have picked our alma maters but they go one two uh in the opposite order i think at this point this is where the draft really gets interesting i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out to the outfield and i think Again, center field is sort of like the shortstop of the outfield. You really need your your best defender, your most athletic person, somebody that can cover a lot of ground. There's a lot of mascots that can, that can do that, but I want not only speed, but I want some flair, some, some gumption. I don't want just anybody out there. I want it to be a fan favorite. For that reason, I'm going to go to the Golden Eagles mm. of Marquette. Uh, and I believe Oral Roberts too. But I think, again, like I just said, they can cover a lot of ground. Not the best throwing arm. I can't imagine an eagle having a great throwing arm. So that's why I'm putting him in center. But I can just imagine the grace can cover everywhere. So I'm going to go Golden Eagle as my center fielder. All right, I'm going to stick with the important defensive position, especially on that left side of the infield there. I'm going to get my third baseman here. I'm gonna go with the uh, Trojan from USC. I think they got a lot. They got enough speed to cover enough ground. Anything that the Husky do, isn't able to get to, 
think the Trojans going to be there, and their their arms got to be the one of the most powerful arms of all the mascots. Okay, so I'm gonna lock up my left side of the infield there. Uh, I had similar logic. I had Trojan in right field. Similar logic. I think good arm, and I think their bat could hold up either at right field or third base because those are pretty big bat heavy positions. So yeah. good pick. Uh, fifth overall, where are you going? All right, so for my next pick, um, I'm going to go defensive side as well in the infield. I think that left side is super important when you talk about defense. You need a solid shortstop, solid third baseman, lock up that whole side, especially for those right-handed pole hitters. Um, and I think to balance a little bit of speed, a little bit of like arm strength, as well as an important um, aspect, of which is offense, I think the Trojan out of USC, I think that's one of the best um, possible third basements out of the, out of this list. I think it they, he just has a really solid balance of all the important aspects that third baseman needs. All right, I I had Trojan in right field for similar reasons. I think big arm has that flair, has a good bat that could go to right field or third base. So, uh, I I was upset because I wanted him in right field, but I think it's a good pick for third base. Uh, fifth. Your third pick, where are you going? Um, again, I think I'm going to go with a little little offense, a little defense. Got to have a little mixture of both. I'm going back to where you got your uh, eagle at. I'm going to go center field as well. Um, I think center field is an important position defensively as well as offensively. And I think um, the Cougar out of Houston, I think that they are, again, a perfect mix of speed, power, arm strength, good bat. Solid bat in the lineup, I think. Once again, just a solid mixture. Yeah, I feel like your your Cougar and center field can't really measure up to a Golden Eagle in terms of defense, but I think you definitely have the better offensive center fielder. Not yeah. not to say a Cougar can't terms. play defense, but right, like they're fast enough to be able to cover enough ground. Yeah. I think. All right, that brings it back to me. Sixth overall pick. I know you, you already took a third baseman. I know you took Trojans third base, but because I can't risk you taking this mascot somewhere else, I'm going to go Rams. Uh, VCU Rams, I believe, for my third baseman. I think similar logic to you. I wanted a, a big kind of imposing third baseman. Right, you don't want you don't want any ball getting past them. I think a Ram can do that, can give you enough defense. Plus I can imagine a Ram could hit a lot of home runs. So I'm thinking big power power third baseman there for my sixth pick. And then seventh I think this is a, an important position. And I didn't really have many others. I think this is a good fit in terms of how this mascot would fit. I'm going catcher and I'm going bulldog. Couple different reasons. I think I it, I guess for me it's hard to differentiate the mascot like the dog from the phrase bulldog. Right? Like you can you can say a a pitcher is like their dog, their bulldog. Like they compete and I think you want a catcher that does that. So for me it's it's a little hard to differentiate those two. But I think a bulldog's kind of a small stout big dog 
And when I see a bulldog, I immediately think catcher, right? You don't see six foot four catchers. You see those five, 10, six foot for the most part catchers that, I don't know. They just take it. They take it every day. Bulldogs, they get, they get slammed all the time, but they they just continue to show up. They continue to take it. Plus I think, uh, they'd be an underrated hitter at catcher. So I'm going bulldog with my, with the seventh overall pick. Yeah. A lot of pop with that in that bat there. All right. Back to you. Eighth overall. I think I'm going to get another outfielder. I think when you're thinking defense, not necessarily ground you can cover or how to read a ball, but just pure arm strength. Putting him in right field, I'm going to put the uh, knight. Hmm. A knight in right field, I think his arm strength is going to be uh, just out of this world. Throw any any ball, any runner out of the plate that you need, just arm strength. Put him in right. I am, yeah, I'm upset at myself. I had Knights as my number one player on my board for a relief pitcher, and I really should have taken him. I thought, perfect, perfect relief pitcher. Can you imagine like a Knight coming out of the bullpen, riding down, like mounting himself on the mound? But That, that would be, get the crowd hype a little bit. All right, ninth overall, you're up. All right, I'm finally, I think I'm going to go pitching. Um, you took my number one pitcher, which was the uh, Sun Devil, Sparky, at ASU. <laughs> um, I am going to go a completely different route, and I'm going to go to a Hurricane out of Miami. I think they're going to come in. They're just going to go throw you lots and lots of just crazy balls, you know, with the wind swirling and all that. Like, there's... Mm-hmm. Fastball's got to be upper velocity, upper hundred, and breaking balls with all the wind and stuff. You know, it's really gonna throw hitters off. I think. I think that's a good pick. Maybe a little bit wild, but when you can throw a hundred plus, I think you can you can manage with that. Uh, I had three pitchers listed. One of them was the Sun Devil, which I took. One of them, which was the night which I really wanted for my relief pitcher. So I'm going to take the other pitcher I had listed for for starting pitcher and put him in the bullpen. Similar idea to Sun Devil, but I think it's the sibling or cousin of Sun Devil. Doesn't have the sun, doesn't have the velocity that the, the Sun Devil has, but I think is a little more crafty. I'm going to go Blue Devil with my relief pitcher. A little bit of a change of pace can kind of Again, is I can imagine having a wide range of of off-speed pitches, maybe do some maybe unwritten stuff that maybe they shouldn't do. Like I can imagine the the Blue Devil, you know, throwing a spitball or stuff like that from the from the olden days. So I'm gonna go Blue Devil with the tenth pick. Shore up my pitching there, and then. One more pick. I'm going to go to right field because I think you really need a strong right fielder. And you took mine in the Trojans. So I'm going to go Panther for my right fielder. I think similar idea why you picked Cougar. But I, I also like having a 
I don't know, a big presence in right field. I think of the three outfield spots, I'm assuming we can agree left field is usually the weakest one, both in terms of hitting ability, but then also just star power. Like we always are looking for left fielders. I feel like if you were a, a star player and you're not quite fast enough to be center, you're probably in right. So I want a fan favorite. And I think a Panther has that charisma, but also that, that good hitting ability and can defend again, probably similar to a Cougar can cover some ground, but not quite enough to go into center field. I like it. That's a good one. All right. We are speeding through this 12th pick goes to you. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to finish my outfield off. I'm going to get, um, another wild cat finish off my outfield. I'm going to go with a tiger Memphis tigers. Okay. So you're, you're not going wild cat. You're going with a wild cat with a wild cat. Yes. Okay. A another wild good. Just cause I had, I had the cougar okay. in center. I'm going with a tiger in left. I think I already had the knight in right strong arm tiger. I think would do a good job in right field. So it never hurts to have three really solid outfielders. Mm-hmm. I think once again, tiger just has a solid mix of speed power and overall athletic ability. Good pick. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Wildcats are still on the board. Like the actual Wildcats, not a Wildcat, but I'm sure they will be selected later in the draft. Uh, you're going, where are you going? 13th pick. So for 13, I'm going to go with another power hitter. Just if you have to think one, one way to describe this, this mascot, it's going to be power. I'm going to go with the Bruin from UCLA. I think that big bear is just gonna. I'm gonna put him at first base. I think he's just gonna suck up a lot of those, a lot of those balls that come his way. Not the fastest, but that's why he's at first. And on the offensive side, he's just gonna hit nukes like. Oh yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I had Bruin as one of my DHs, so I think. Yeah, defense is gonna be what it's gonna be. Like, I'm sure Bruin could play first base, but yeah, you're there for the the power. I think the first mascot that stood out i was like oh this person is a or this mascot is this position so i'm going second base and i'm going the golden flashes of kent state now i looked up the the history of this mascot and apparently it's it was at one point a golden retriever and now is an eagle maybe so that doesn't quite help my case but i can just imagine a golden flash as being that Maybe light hitting, but super fast contact hitting second baseman that I can put at the top of my lineup or I can put at my nine hole. It just seemed like a perfect second baseman. So I'm going golden flashes there. Yeah, if you think of second base, especially in the major league baseball, it's kind of the perfect guy, you know, fast contact hitter, gets on base. I think he's a real, that's a good option, I think, to flip the lineup around at nine. All right, 15th pick is me again. Let's see where I'm at. I got my second baseman, third baseman. I didn't have anybody else listed for shortstop besides Husky. So once you took Husky, I've kind of been just forgetting about it. But I better get a good shortstop. So I think now is the best time as of ever is to take Wildcat. 
I think probably the most comparable to Husky. Uh, I know cat versus dog, but uh, pretty good representation in the tournament, actually. Got Arizona, Kansas State, Kentucky, Northwestern. But I think, again, you need somebody that's that can qu- that's quick, has some charisma to them. Again, I'm big on shortstop, right field, having a presence about them. So I think Husky is definitely the clear number one, but I think Wildcat is a good number two. So I'm going Wildcat. And that leaves number 16 over to you. All right, number 16. Um, I went with the Hurricanes for my starting pitcher. And I think lots of lots of speed, lots of movement, lots of everything. Um, so you might think, kind of like you did going out of the bullpen, going more methodical and pinpoint, that might be the right move. But it's not the move I'm going to make. I'm going to go with the Cyclone. So you're cyclone just going my all reliever. out. Back to back. Hey, like you got a long struggle against the hurricane yeah. that's all good reliever comes in same thing lots of movement lots of speed it's just all over the place and you know yes maybe a little wild but i think that's okay they'll figure it out hey it's gonna be a long day to be a hitter against you guys that's for sure yep yep all right uh 17 back to you all right well i picked the bruin to be my first baseman um and kind of in a similar way for my dh i'm gonna go with a baylor bear Okay, doubling another reason. I I just need that. I just, yeah, I just need that pop. I feel like the bear would be the best pa- pure power hitter out of any of these mascots. So I, I wanted to get two of them if I could. One DH, one first baseman. I think they'd be hitting a lot of home runs. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I will disagree with you though. I had one one power hitter that I thought to me was better than a Bruin or Bear. So I'm going there for my next pick. I'll put him at DH because I think there's no hope that we'd get a good first baseman out of him. I'm going Bison. I think just the big uh, power of a Bison. Again, comparable to Bears. I, I think, again, probably no hope to get good defense, so I'm just going to stick him at DH. Say, hey, be my cleanup hitter. Just hit me some bombs. So I'm going Bison there. And this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'm going first baseman for my next pick. I'm going the Boilermakers. And this was also one of the first ones I put down. So Purdue Boilermakers, they just seem, again, they're big, strong uh, machines, I guess, in in this case. I think a Boilermaker could also suck up a bunch of stuff like baseballs. So I, I felt comfortable putting them at first base. But I imagine just a big, tall Boilermaker. So I thought that was a perfect perfect option for first base. That brings us to number 20 and 21, I think. Right? These are your last two picks. My last two picks. I just need a second baseman and a catcher. So I've had a lot of... There's kind of like the way you went with your second baseman, just kind of looking at a player who contact hitter light on their feet good defense they're quick uh and i'm looking at the board here looking at all my options and i'm gonna put i'm gonna go again the complete opposite direction i'm gonna go with a bigger animal i think they still have a lot of speed i think they're gonna be able to cover the ground that they need Uh, i'm gonna go with the bobcat Hmm. i think i like bobcat 
at second base. I don't, I don't, I couldn't quite see a Bobcat at shortstop, so it seems like a logical, like, yeah, you're not quite good enough to be a shortstop, but we'll put you at second base. Yeah, a lot of those, like the big shortstop market free agency, it's, um, it kind of seems like one of those lesser quality shortstops that you you want your team to sign but move over to second base. And I think that's that's a good role for the Bobcat. Poor Bobcats. Doesn't mean they're bad. Like every team needs a Bobcat. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, you got one more. You got catcher. Yeah, I got a catcher. I had a few on my list. Ever since you took Bulldogs, though, it's been like ah, I don't I don't know who to pick a catcher. So I'm gonna go with the Razorback out of Arkansas. I think yeah. that it's just a lot of strength. They're not the fastest animal, but they, you know they're a catcher. You don't need speed. I think they're sneaky intelligent, mm-hmm. which is something you need out of the catcher position. I think a lot of people don't look at those those Razorbacks and think intelligence, but I think it'll catch a lot of people off guard. And once again, that the power in that bat is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, can you imagine a Razorback working with a Hurricane and then a Cyclone? It'd be tough, but I think they'll figure it out. I hope so. We've got a good coach. Yeah, I mean, I have I have a bulldog trying to work with two devils, so that's not exactly the best either. All right, final pick of the draft. I need a another outfielder. I need a left fielder. I'm looking through the options. I think I'm going to go off my board, actually. I had Blue Jays, Hawkeye, Hawkeyes, Jayhawks, you know, the the birds that can cover some ground. But I think I need a good leader. So I'm going to go Spartans with my left fielder. It's a good one. I think slightly off, off kind of where I was going, but I didn't want to just do another light-hitting bird in my left field. So I think, you know, the Spartans aren't going to be my my number one player they aren't going to be the star attraction but i think an important player to put in i think can do enough in left field can do a be a solid defender can hit enough but be that good good presence in the clubhouse that i need it's a good pick okay that gives us our team so you're going the 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 wild route for pitching you have Hurricanes and Cyclones as your pitchers. I'm going the Devil route. I got Sun Devil and Blue Devil. But, and I'm kind of just throwing this at you, but if you were to make a lineup of your remaining nine players, so that's your other eight position players in your DH, do you have a lineup that would sensibly go together at least? Um. Yeah, looking at this lineup, I got a lot of strikeouts on both sides of the ball. Pitchers are going to do a lot of strikeouts, a lot of walks. But my hitters, man, I got some heavy hitters, but they you know, miss the ball a lot. Um, so it's going to be tough. I think starting off the lineup, leading off, I think you got to go get get contact. I think our best contact hitter looking at the list is going to be the Husky. I think they got enough of that hand-eye coordination, but a little bit of power. Don't sleep on it, but they got they can get on base a lot. And they have the speed. I think that a lot of stolen bases you got to worry about for them. Um, and then... Next, I'd probably put the Trojan, the USC Trojan. I think that they're just, they're probably the second best pure hitter. Going to get a lot of base hits, a lot of doubles. Um, and then, you know, if the Husky gets on, even if 
they're on first. I think the Trojan has a lot of pow- uh, power and is able to bring them home with that speed. Um, and then third, I'm going to bring that Knight. I think that I think the Knight's going to have enough power. They're going to clean up the bases if they're able to, um, or, or if they're full. Um, and then my next next two, it's going to be the Bruin and my Bear. So my two Bears. Either first or DH, probably alternate between the two. Get that Got power. a lot of power. And uh, I think even if my first three go one, two, three to start that first inning, starting that next inning with two bears, one of them's going to get a solo home run at some point. So <laughs> just get some runs on the board there. Um, and then I'll go back. I got my center fielder, left fielder, uh, Cougar Tiger back to back. I think got enough contact and going to get on base. Um, then I got my catcher, um, the Razorback. I think I don't. I, you know, I don't have much to say about their offensive ability. Um, and then the Bobcat to round it out. I got a Bobcat, my second baseman, just enough speed, able to get on base, set it up, hopefully for the Husky. Yeah, I think that's a a decent lineup. I think it. Yeah, you are missing a little bit of the kind of more pure hitters. But I think the Husky and Trojan can at least get you by. And then, like you said, you'd probably break the record for uh, most home runs in a season. And strikeouts. And strikeouts, true. But I think those go one and the same. I, I My lineup, I think, would be a little bit more well-rounded, but I just wouldn't have the power ability that you have. Uh, I'd have Golden Eagles leading off. Again, I think my my center fielder, I think, has a maybe it's an underrated pop. But would be my just kind of set the table get on base get some stolen bases uh, i have wildcat and panther going back to back two three i think similar to you and your husky trojan i think those are probably my two best pure hitters in terms of i think they could get a decent amount of home runs but also get a lot of doubles while still hitting for a high average which leads me to my power trio sort of Similar to you, I go Bison, Rams, and then Boilermaker for my four, five, six. Just a bunch of pop in there. I think of the three, I think the Ram might give me the best average out of the three. I think Bison and Boilermaker might be a little hit or miss, a little home run or strikeout. Uh, and then rounding it out, Spartan, Bulldog, and then Golden Flashes. So similar to you, I have catcher in second base. 8-9. I think Golden Flash is a perfect 9-hitter. Can set the table for the for the top of the order. And, again, I really like my Spartans pick. I, did, I wasn't considering it, but I think that just that leadership presence in left field, in the 7-hole, you know, we're not going to rely on the Spartan for everything, but I think would be a quality hitter. And then I think Bulldog would get some pop. I think that's a solid 8-hitting catcher. That's how I'd round up my lineup. I think I think my lineup with my with my Devils would win. I'm sure you think your power hitting would uh would just be too much for me. To I handle. think it, I think it would depend on the day. I think if our pitchers are able to locate, I think that's actually number one. If if my pitchers are able to locate, I think nothing nothing can be done. Oh yeah, but yeah, but the problem would be a little bit more day to day, just hoping they can throw strikes. Yeah, and then on the other side, you know. I hit three, four home runs. Nothing you can do about that. But if yeah. 
every one of my header strikes out two, three times a, a night, that's not going to go well. So Yeah, I would love to see the the craftiness of the Sun Devil and Blue Devil versus the power of, of your lineup. I'm sure we'll do more drafts like this. Again, it's, it's March Madness week, so I figured we could have a little March Madness-themed draft. You got your Sun Devil jacket on. I'm sure you're, uh, you're pumped. Arizona State made it for, what, the first time in a while. In a while, yeah. So you got first four matchup to look forward to. Uh, you will be back, I'm sure, again before the baseball season. We'll do uh, the little baseball preview show that we've been talking about. But thanks for coming on, having a little mascot draft, and if only we could see this happen in real life. Right, yeah, no, I'm, I was just, while looking at this, I was just hoping we could load it and play MLB the show or something, but fortunately that's just not how that works. For sure. But, all right, until next time, thanks for coming on. Thank you. That will do it for the podcast. Thanks to my brother Chris for coming on. We will be back here on Sunday talking NBA and then doing a little little fun music activity. So again, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and we will see you back here on Sunday. <laughs>